what it is, what it is, guys. Welcome to another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. You guys have been hearing me talk about it, the urban movement license model, where we are giving you all the systems and the business support that we were going to do with our franchise model, but at a fraction of the price, you're getting full geographical protection. You will be the only urban movement in your city. With that license right, you can open up additional licenses, but you will never have any direct competition except for all the people who are going to try to knock us off and rip us off, but you will own that white space. If you've been looking to create a brand that fits perfectly in between those polished boutique fitness, Orange Theories and Barry's boot camps, and kind of the rugged, less sophisticated CrossFit model, I have created it. I've perfected it over the past four years, and I'm ready to hand it off and expand the brand, but I don't want to open up all these stores myself. I don't want to move to Chicago and Austin and California. I want operators and people that I would align with, people I would drink beer with, people I would want a part of this bigger brand to help me grow this thing into what I truly believe it can become. If you're interested, guys, go to the link in my Instagram bio, submit your interest, and one of my staff will be in contact with you shortly so that we can go ahead and walk you through more of the application process. I'm super excited about this. We're taking care of all your remote videos. You don't have to worry about creating on-demand content anymore. You're going to have the business support of my team and myself. I'm really fucking pumped. All right, enough of this. On with the podcast. Alrighty, guys, what is up? It is Stu, and it is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. And I have Andrew Charlesworth on the podcast, a uh, hailing from the beautiful tropical state of Michigan. Uh, Andrew's been, he's a CrossFit, um, he's, you're level three, you're on CrossFit HQ staff, you do, you do the seminars, correct? Correct, level right. ones and level twos. And now level- we're not CrossFit HQ, we're CrossFit uh, home office of CrossFit LLC, Stu, so make oh. sure you get that correct. Ooh, good, good looking out. I'm going to make a note of that right <laughs> here you. next to my note to stop swearing on this podcast. I'm put it right <laughs> next to that one. Um, you also own CrossFit, uh, and you said table, t- f- tell me again. I'm gonna you, you're done, you're done, yes. Tu- done. Yeah, Tuabor, think. Tuabor. Tuabor. Yes, when you were picking out your affiliate flag. names, you're like, well, this will be great for marketing. <laughs> <laughs> is it but i guess oh if you're local God. everybody else can say it you know it it's funny because my wife and i would go back and forth and we're like god did we really pick that name and then <laughs> it's now just known everyone just says tuebor 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 you know they don't say cross tuebor they don't really say anything they just say like tuebor and it's known as more of a like talk around the town. However, yes, not the best idea of a name to pick <laughs> for the very beginning. And you, you also, uh, you recently exited uh, and sold your shares, but you were uh, the co-owner uh, of Thunderbro with Dave Lipson. Yep. Co, uh, co-owner, co-creator. And cool. we, uh, yep. I sold it almost one year ago and we kind of did the monthly buyout. So that'll finish in, I think about eight months. Cool. Well, good shit. Let, let, let's get into that. I, I, the thing I like about podcasts like this, where it's not top, not topic specific, we're not talking about anything, whatever. We can kind of just shoot the shit as if we were going to go get a beer and, and talk shop. I, we were just talking before I hit record, um, the CrossFit Open, right? This going on right now, a little bit different format for everybody. Um, I'm obviously, I'm removed from that part of the world, but I obviously know what's going on. And I've got clients who that's a huge part of the world. And uh, recently, I, you know, literally as of today, there's one in one of the affiliate owners groups, I've got a couple guys pinning my nuts to the wall. I, I made a comment to the tune of guys, don't let, you know, weeks of your business go by because you're busy playing 
this, I'm pretty sure I said pretend competition with your pretend athletes. And, and, and again, whereas my advice sometimes I think has got some good merit to it. It's my delivery that, that I think I lose the majority of the audience, but you know, oh, well, do me this. What advice do you have for the guys in the CrossFit space when these, you know, this kind of the time of the year comes in, or let's say it's like July and the games are on and we can probably say a lot of owners are a little bit distracted and some of those owners should probably not be distracted from anything because they're 18 months away from going out of business. Yeah, you're, you're so correct. I mean, use it if, if this stresses you out, like you said, and it's taking away from your time to work on your business from um, anything, whether it's figuring out programming, you just need to make sure that your systems are probably already screwed up as is, right? This, it should point out if you're taking so much time in delivery that systematically you really can't get anything going. If you're so focused on, all right, Friday night lights and let's have the coaches show all the members how much that they can snatch. Like I get it, but also maybe do a podcast every week and highlight the cool stuff that happened in the CrossFit Open. Like, oh God, am I going to use one of your terms? Sally actually got, you know, she got one wall walk and she worked really hard. Like you could take this time to kind of build up your, gym to maybe not look like this hardcore competitive place, even though you're doing like a worldwide competition. That's my best advice. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I, I think the thing that I really, my love loss with the open came from, because in the beginning it was like in the early days, like 2011, you know, I think 12, maybe was the first year we did it. Um, maybe it was 11. Um, nobody really knew what it was. I got to still like kind of dictate, like nobody really believed me that there were other people doing it. Right. So it was like this kind of organic thing. It still felt like I was putting on the show as CrossFit got bigger and the people who came into my gym were CrossFit seeking. Maybe they had done CrossFit research before they had seen an open or they, they had a friend who did CrossFit and told them this is how it was. Now I had different expectations. I remember one time it was, you know, maybe 2014 or so. Someone's like, Hey, so we're doing Friday night lights. Right. I was like, you mean that fucking movie or that shitty TV show? What are you talking about right. Friday Night Lights? They're like, well, Dude. my buddy's gym does that. I'm like, oh, great. Fucking Christ. Here's the, the beginning of my like annoyance with the, ter- the global term CrossFit. Yeah, you're so like the Friday Night Lights concept is it's great in general. But if, if you want your gym just to have 50, 60 people and have all of them be like, hey, I'm doing local competitions. I'm doing whatever. I mean, that's what you're building yourself into. Correct. That's, that's what people are seeing. So yes. I like to tell people, what is the open? I'm like, well, you go get a yearly physical, right? They're like, well, yeah. I'm like, what do they tell you? Your blood pressure, you know, a couple, maybe your BMI. This to me, if you're doing better in the open as you age, I'll tell you you're that maybe further away from dying. And it's kind of like a joke. It's kind of like, but you can't argue that some of that's not true. So sure. I just try to kind of brush I, that through that. I, I like it. I, the only thing I would have on that is that I used to use a very similar thing. I used to tell people, well, it's kind of like benchmarks, but right. uh, nobody, but I didn't know what the fucking tests were. I was finding right. out as they were finding out. So it's like, there were times things would come up that I actually hadn't done in my gym. Cause I didn't find them valuable or significant for my population. So like something would come up like, Oh my God. Yeah. And they're like, well, why have we been doing this? Is this actually really a CrossFit gym? Do you even know what you're doing? Like, again, oh. there's like this, <laughs> this preconceived notion that, you know, it, it's this CrossFit thing is more of a franchise than it is a uh, licensed model. But you know what the thing is funny too? Like I look at that orange theory. Um, so urban movement, when I rebranded, we created something called moving day, moving gay, moving day is twice a year, every six months. And we just on one day 
we host the cl every class that day is moving day. So you don't have to like waste your Friday night. And I know I don't mean to insult anybody. I'm sure people aren't wasting their Friday nights, having fun with their friends in the gym, working out and having a beer, but I'll be honest, my demographic, I remember a lot of them would come, but a lot of them like, you want me to come at, to the, be there for three hours on a Friday night, motherfucker. You know, I live for Friday night. Like I come to your gym as a customer five days a week. And now I'm going to feel like, like people are in the gym are going to make me feel like an asshole if I don't come to this thing. And yeah. so it's just like, why don't you just have it throughout the day? Like Orange Theory does Hell Week. And Hell Week is just classes all throughout the fucking week. Obviously, they can't get everyone together at once anyway, just from logistics, building size, membership size. But yeah, we said like, guys, why don't you just do the open as like a class once a, like a, one day during that week and make it less of like this uh, RSVP event that shit like you don't want to really go to, but you don't want to get shit for not being at. Yeah, no, I. I did something called, uh, we, I actually met my wife. We were personal trainers at one of the biggest uh, global gyms around. And that was before we both worked for CrossFit. But I remember thinking like, all right, well, I was a competitor. I competed at the regionals. I was like the tallest guy minus Steve Pinkerton ever to be on a regional <laughs> floor. And I remember that thinking, there needs to be like a small little thing that if people want to get excited about maybe once a year, they could do. And that global gym, actually funny enough, they hosted something called the hero games and they had all these uh, car sponsors and all the, they just had a ton of money dumped into it cause they can do it. And it was literally a one 10 minute workout for, I think they had like $20,000 worth of prizes. And I was like, I guess that's pretty cool. And people thought that was a huge deal. I want it not to brag about myself. I could do that forever. Ask me about my kettlebell sport record, but they, they gave this giant 30 foot photo of me in the gym that I used to work at. And I'm like, dude, this is a 10 minute workout. They, they pumped all this money and adrenaline and effort into one little thing, but people thought it was cool. And there, that's their, that's their mindset of in Genesee County. What is the fittest in the world is the hero games. It probably has nothing to do with the CrossFit games. Yeah. Do you, you know, you were mentioned, you know, you and your wife, um, you, you have a child now, right? It's relatively young. Yeah, dude, you do your homework, man. I just yeah. thought you were getting on this thing, like just coming off. Oh, all right. Fucking guy. Andrew, who is this guy? <laughs> no. So talk to me about the, talk to me about, I want to, I'm curious about the role of, of, at, you know, adding in the kid to your life as a, as a busy entrepreneur, you also traveling that whole kind of thing. So you and your wife, Jen, um, how, how old is your, is your child? It's like seven, they're going to be eight months. months. Yeah. Seven yeah, and They're going to be eight months soon. Yeah. Okay. Congrats by the way. Little Thanks, boy, man. correct? Correct, man. He is going to break all my records ever in basketball. He is going to the league and he's going to straighten out the NBA. That's a, another topic we can talk about. <laughs> Do you have it's like every time you take him to is like when you take him to those doctor's appointments and they're like, he's in the 99th percentile for height. You're like, you're fucking right. He is doc. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, this dude, he was born at home in our bedroom. So he, this guy had seen basically no doctor. He has seen mom and dad and, and dad is saying you're going to the NBA. That's what's happening. And it's chase. Correct. Correct. Okay. So let me ask you this. I, 
I would, I would, cause I grew up in that little more of a hardcore CrossFit era, like 2006. And when I had my gyms, I still kind of had that like quick tongue. I'd give you kind of the smart ass answer kind of scenario. Like, Hey coach, how do I get better at this? And if it was someone just goading me, I'd be like, suck less. Like that would be my first comment reply back. And then I'd come in and give you the good tip, but I still had that like gritty edge. And then as I, I matured in my gym ownership, that kind of morphed. And then even with WTF, I think a lot of people have this persona that I'm, the, you know, this big asshole having, having a kid, I don't care. I got a girl, she's four, you know, she'll, she'll be four in a month, but like girl, boy, I think it definitely makes you more of a, it makes you a better human being. And I, and it's, there's times where I'm just like, am I just a better human being when I'm around you? Or is this actually going to be a lasting effect? Do you, have you, I mean, I'm not that you were a bad <laughs> human being prior, but do you feel this no, like no, radiation no, that, yeah. energy from your kid? I, I, dude, I really do. I almost feel nerved. My confidence, like you and I could probably sit and talk for five plus hours and <laughs> like people would argue like, God, these are some arrogant, but perhaps smart people. Sure. But like my confidence was a little bit too high. And, you know, I've, I've trained a lot of, I started training athletes first. I have athletes that just won the uh, division one, all American NCAA wrestling championship. I don't really know anything about wrestling. I was a basketball player out of Flint. And somehow I trained these guys to be some of the best wrestlers in the world. One's at Wisconsin, one's at Michigan. And I would break these young men down. I would teach them so much about just effort, hard work. And now I look at my son and I'm like, dude, I'm nervous. What if I can't do that again for you? Like, I literally think all the time, like, I need to work my ass off more. So yes, it definitely has made me a better human. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's uh. There's parts where like she does things that grown humans do to piss me off. Like grown <laughs> humans do the things she does, but I like I digest it differently. And it definitely because it's my own kid. But then like my goal has been like, okay, she did that thing and you literally wanted to you like you're like little child, I could snap you in half. What are you doing? And, and yeah. you know, you like calm down and you're like, okay. And then I'm trying, trying to take that to the, to the real world with the real humans, like, you know, and it's, it's there. I just find myself slowly becoming slightly less, I don't know if it's edge or fucking harsh or whatever it may be, but yeah, it's just, it's the power of having a kid and having the practice. Cause you, you can't like, if you like my daughter, she's done shit where like, if you were a stranger at a bar. I would beat the shit out of you. I would whoop the shit out of you, child. Like, there's just times where it's like, all right, well, I guess maybe that's just how I need to approach everything is I just got to pretend like everybody's my, my kin, my daughter, and I'd be way nicer to everyone in this world. It'd probably be a better place for both parties. Well, and I mean, and you're in the industry. I'm kind of flipping a question back on you, I guess. You're in the industry of helping people, whether harsh or not. You give them your, your spirit. You give them your heart. But like, I'm wondering, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you're the type of guy you got real estate i have real estate you you've rented your car out on turo i think i heard that somewhere yeah, oh yeah so you're you're always in the concept of making money i i assume you're not a guy that has to have the gaudiest shit no i assume you're a guy that can live within a a, a household budget and i'm starting to wonder if you're seeing that the carryover from gym owners of like okay there's 10 grand in the account i guess i need 10 c2 bikes like i i wonder if maybe that is carrying over in their lifestyle like do they know how money works do yeah. they need to listen to kiyosaki and dave ramsey and like where is the the blend of these coaches where not only are you explaining to them how to be a business owner but maybe even financial 
education? Like, are you doing that with people or do you see yeah. that? I'm I'm a big fan. So I mean, I read Profit first before uh, Briggs. It. You know, before Briggs did the microchip version. Then I read his, and I actually, you know, I hired his company to do my books. And um, I'm not naturally good at numbers. Like Matt, I was at a, I had an algebra tutor, but I respect them. So I, I do this thing. I have a, this very uh, I don't know moderately elaborate. No, it's mildly at best elaborate Excel sheet. It's called the Numbers Tracker. I believe there's 21 different metrics broken up into daily, weekly, and monthly. And every gym I work with. Right. So I work up with you know, around 40 gyms per month. Um, they have to keep this thing updated and it lives in a Google drive that only I own. They can view it and edit it, but I own it. So anytime they make changes to it, I get notified. And what it does is when I get on a call with someone, I don't care how their day went. I don't care what they want to talk about qualitatively. We talk numbers first because they're black and white. Because I, I got some dudes I've worked with for five years and I like them. Like I'd consider them very close friends. And but I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about the fucking numbers because if this and this and this are going in certain directions or whatever, we can have a very emotionless conversation about it because it's just math. And I'm hoping that, that people, it's like a messy room in your house. You never go in. You're like, Oh, that room, like a junk drawer. Great you hate your fucking, yeah. You hate your junk drawer. You just throw shit in it. And you're just like, I hope when guests come over, they don't open it up. That's how that generally is. Uh, I'm sure I've lost clients. Cause I told them like, no, you would have to keep this thing updated. So we have, and they don't want to talk about the money. And, but you don't want to talk about it until you're like literally on your lap, you're running on fumes. They joke around like religion is the last attempt of a dying man. So a man who's never oh, fucked yeah. with religion in their life, he will fuck with religion on his deathbed and beg God for whatever. Like that's people like right before they go out of business, they have a financial awakening. You're like, no, 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 I'll get my money right. I'll talk about it. I'll show everybody my shitty books. Like, let's talk about it. You're like, bro, you're fucking 38 months too late. Uh, yeah. But I, I do think it's happening. You know what I'll say? I think COVID helped people. I mean, do you know how many people had to fucking report their 2019 numbers and this and that for EIDL loans and fucking PPPs and, and get all those numbers together? I, I think COVID might have helped people um, really kind of maybe take a, double, a second look at their money. At least I hope it did. Well, dude, I can't tell you how many gym owners I talk to. And this is, I, I, I'm not obviously naming specifics or anything, but they're like, dude, I got a million dollar loan. I'm going to somehow get that into the stock market. And I'm like, okay, so you're looking for an exit then from your gym. Like I, 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 I'm not a financial person. doesn't sound like you're allowed to do that, but also there's obviously no more rules going on in 2021. Like there, there's no rules apparently, but I'm like, look, can you just maybe take this time during COVID to maybe reestablish? Like, for example, we did the exact opposite of, uh, I don't, not social distancing, but like, we cut our classes. We used to have, I think like six or seven, I cut it down to four and then our membership increased more, but we were able to keep people quote unquote apart using, you know, spots or things. So we had like a decal company come in and put little spots. Like we didn't make it janky and just do tape. Yeah. And you guys had like those little, like, you guys had like little skulls, red squares. Yeah. yeah. No, we had like these, we had actual, like our logo. This was the, you're going to love this too. Obviously our name was funny, but I got sued. We all, sorry, I didn't get sued. I almost got sued the week we were open because our logo that I thought was cool. I had someone make it was actually a, um, like a lawn care company's logo. And okay. he sent me a cease and desist and was like, Hey man, I'm sorry. I've just, I've, I've done so much trademarking on this. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I, I opened a CrossFit gym. We don't need to, at this time, I was like, we don't really need a ton of clients. All I want is just like a zombie fucking skull to be able to say 
screw everything. I'll do it how I want. So that sure. was our, that was our logo and we stuck with it. And it's yeah. hilarious because we are at about 200 people right now and they love it and they love it. And I don't need much more. And I think that's where the cross of people who listen to you and get kind of butt hurt are at. Like you are preaching things about, what was it? What do you call ad, average client value or ACV? Yeah, Is that yeah. it? Yeah. And you're preaching these things of like, Hey, maybe consider your programming. You've never said CrossFit is stupid. I maybe you have, but I don't think you meant it. Uh, what you said is like your programming to try to figure out how to do comp. Let's not use any name. Let's call it comp wad or, or you, yeah, yeah. to use that. You don't need that. Like people are going to be just fine. If you can keep them in a spot, if you can do a little more, you know, clients in each side of yeah your five classes foot, like you're yeah. doing better but i say five foot barbells and possibly get rid of your pull-up rig and it's it's very blasphemous um can you i know, tell you though barbells i bought 30 of those did you? i yeah. bought them out yeah i bought them at the at last person then everyone was asking me what are those and then the funny part is the og crossers they'll use them for a while and then all of a sudden it'll creep back but like for the open today i had two i uh, probably, probably like 10 people sign up during and these these ladies know nothing different they know nothing different and going forward, when I get new clients, they'll know nothing different. So it's completely fine. I cleaned yeah. 315 pounds with one of those bars. It's did you not get a the Titan deal. Fitness ones? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're great. Yeah. I, did you get them on when they were still on Amazon? I did. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's how we did it. I ordered 24. There were two days they were there at $65 a pop. And, yep. um, you know, I wanted to tell you, uh, when I was doing my research before this, do you still have your spooky crew neck sweatshirts with the fucking the 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 th- the the pointer and the pinky rock out oh like, yeah yep we can we can do bro those. i will fucking buy one of those and rock it on the next step i'll rock it and fuck it that's the greatest one of the best crossfit logo redesigns <laughs> or like interpretations i've ever seen i, I, I so we hired that. a actually it's a called affiliate supply if anybody wants to check them out it's, it was a member of my gym and he started his own uh when I say member, I actually trained this kid since he was 13. He's now got seven or eight rental homes. He's part owner of a, I don't even know, some sort of medical device equipment. And he does this on the side. And he hired his brother-in-law, who is a full-blown hipster from Ann Arbor, like to the hipster to the point where he'd ask me like, dude, I'm thinking about making a shirt for you guys that like doesn't fit well. Like, how cool is that? And I'm like, <laughs> that's not, that's not very cool. It's made of Tone hemp. It down a notch. Yep. Yeah. And it's made of hemp. But they, he'll send me these designs and I'm like, dude, that is dope. Yeah. So literally if people want to hire them, I mean, we do nothing. I just get a check. I actually get PayPal, right? Whatever yep. we made, cool. Goes right to my account. I don't need to stress about it. I don't need to worry about it. Yeah. Do you remember the old days of like, all right, push your name on a whiteboard if you yep. want. Oh, I do. Uh, I was there. Movement shirt or CrossFit South End shirt. Oh my God. I, I We've remember evolved. Yeah, I evolved. I, uh. I saw, I was looking at some videos, uh, like I think it was a promo video you had done at your location. I love the, what would you call it? The mezzanine up top. That's got the, the chain link. Mm-hmm. Oh, a great location, man. Like do you now you, do you own the building? Let me walk you through that, Stu. I don't believe right now in owning commercial real estate. I don't mean to diss you. I'm just nervous <laughs> about what, what's going to happen. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I actually was going further into, I was in a village called Holly and we live in Fenton. Um, Fenton is the one city in Genesee County, which encompasses Flint that has some of the most expensive real estate in Michigan because we have all the lakes. So we really wanted to be in Fenton. It's the place we wanted to be. And 
I was accidentally going to move deeper into Holly. I had a bad dream that the gym that I was moving into, I actually could do less. Like it was actually smaller, even though they claimed it was bigger. I went in and measured it and it was smaller. I, I immediately was like, I can't do this. And one of my members came to me who very smart guy. He said, look, I, I think you're not thinking you deserve a good location. Like, can I help? And I said, dude, I will put you as like, you can do all the negotiating, all the talking. He negotiated. We found a 5,800 square foot place and he negotiated that they needed to finance our floor for 0% for five years. He negotiated that they did about a hundred thousand dollar build out. If we committed to a five-year lease, which we're on year five, I think, or three or five, whatever. I mean, these things you don't think you deserve. And my rent would actually stay the same. That's amazing. I was like, come on. Come there's, on. I mean, there's great times. So, I mean, obviously I, I went the commercial route and that's, but that that's like a part of like that's a long term like that's a part of like a business plan for me on here. But right. there are some leases I've got people to call and they're like, hey, we'll get on it and they're like, hey, I've got this option to buy. And I'm like, well, let's go over your lease again. And I'm like, no, you've got an amazing lease. Actually, I want you, I think you should go back and lock that in for ten years. Like, do not buy. Buying this, it's right. like a home. I and some people might like this. I don't believe that homes are investments inherently especially for the young 20 to 35 year old who maybe it's a starter home and they're only in it for like four years. Like, bro, you're paying on the interest only at that point. Right. And then you go to sell it. You're like, Oh, I bought it for two thirty-five, and I sold <laughs> it for three. I'm the shit. I'm like, no, you paid only on interest. No, you, None all of your, interest. Your, your principal didn't get fucking a dent in it. Like, so like I refuse, like I'm, I will buy another building before I buy a home in Charlotte. Like I rent and I fucking, I'm in the middle of the city and I love it. All my buddies like, why yeah. are you going to, like, when are you going to grow up and buy something? So renting all these townhomes, I'm like, when are you going to eat my dick? Dude, buying, fuck that. Like it, uh, it just, for me, it's just a different thing. But I, in the same sense, like I, I've been looking at, I was looking at your place. I was like, God, like that lounge. Fuck. That's a great looking lounge. That's probably the top five fucking sexiest looking like CrossFit warehouse box lounges I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, I had nothing to do with it because if you saw like, I don't know, video of me to put in context, I'm, I'm just under six, four. I'm like two and a quarter. I have tattoos. I don't give a shit. I obviously am not afraid to embarrass myself. If you have a thunder bro book, or if you've taken your level one or level two with me, you know, I'll ride that fine line, but I have a great looking wife. I love her so much and she can design. Sometimes you need to know when to move the fuck out of there. And also my members, um, a lot of them had, I, that sounds bad because you'll, you'll attack that. Let me, let me frame that. The members <laughs> who helped me negotiate the lease and a few other select people gave me the pros and cons of, hey, this, but then they would always say like, all right, you have the final say, right? I'd be like, well, no, my wife has the final say, but I will bring the information to her. So I, I let them say it would be better if we, it would be better, cheaper if we did it this way, but it would highlight this, you know, all that all that stuff. So I love it, man. But that's a, that's a great, that's a cool thing about this industry is you can leverage those members. And, and there's always someone cool in your network. Everything cool I have in my life came from someone. I mean, every girlfriend I ever had my wife at the time, like everything I've got, like, again, when you own a gym, you're in this very unique scenario to absolutely have a crazy network, a crazy network that most yeah even small business owners can't have because it's transactional product, food, beverage, retail, right. and you don't have that, you know, even but like- let's it must, pause there real quick. Yeah. Real quick, I'm going to pause you. All the stuff you're just saying, I hope people rewind that. 
That's what you can get with in-person. If yeah. you truly want to make money, stay the fuck out of brick and mortar. And I, I that's just my opinion, Stu. Like, I've, I've seen it now. I've been to the Arnold. We had a booth. I, I saw a $175,000 bang energy drink booth. I almost got into a fight with one of the guys. I'm not trying to make my sound tough, but they're being rude. And I'm looking at all, you know, uh, all these internet celebrities. I saw it with Thunderbro when we did really well. I was like, holy shit. Online is where everything is either going or is going to go in terms of if the only goal is to make money. But all the, you cannot get the everything you said without having a brick and mortar spot. You can't get the connections. You can't get the local community support. You can't get the, whether it's friends or yeah, a new husband or wife, like, I don't know what it is, but yeah. Do you I, agree? I, I, I do. I, you know, it's really cool. I, uh, I moved to Charlotte in 2009 and when I have friends come and visit me, they aren't here now. Um, I, there's nowhere I can't go the bar, the restaurant, whatever, where and I, how like, cool where, is that? yeah, where I like, I don't know a member or I've interviewed the owner on my gym's podcast or someone just maybe knows me because of my presence in the community in Charlotte since 2009 that yes, that is, it, it may, it feels very cool. That's why like, cause at some point, I mean, I will, I, I will be, I will be moving on transitioning from owning a one brick and mortar. We'll just, we'll have the license model out there and I'll go into my consulting and uh, commercial real estate. And, and that, you know, that will be at some point, that'll be a transition I do. And that'll be a really hard time because it's, I've never not had like, you know how it is when you walk in your gym, you're the man, you're the mayor. Yeah. Like you walk in and you are the fucking dude. And that, you know, that, that'll be a really sad day when I don't have that. It'll be a, a good transition to a next stage of my life. But um, it, you know, you mentioned the online thing. Talk to me a little bit. I listened to some of Dave's. I've never met Dave Lipson, but I've listened to a little bit of his podcast with Kalipa. And um, it's not like you guys, you guys landed on something very cool, right? You guys in front of or around the same time as when functional bodybuilding and, and Marcus's program was, was taken yes. off. Okay. Yeah. So originally, um, like I worked a seminar with Dave a long time ago and we were like, some of the only guys on staff were benching still and benching like 315 and you know I would joke around and be like yeah we're the adult males right you know we're six two and above 200 and above anyway um he you would tell like Jason said, Ackerman he wasn't a real adult you'd be like listen here, oh, just, I, you'd, I, I, you'd I lift him up and put him on top of the refrigerator and so like, now, you don't stay get it there. twisted Jason <laughs> Jason Ackerman is a uh, purple belt in jiu-jitsu so <laughs> I wouldn't you know although I I make fun of him literally twice a week to his face I I still, yeah, I wouldn't mess with them. But <laughs> around that time, there was a huge gap in the aesthetics versus performance. And hey, I'm a little tired of CrossFit. I, I think you've kind of talked about all that. Or I want to, you know, I want, I still want to look good, but I still want to have some functionality. And with the way Marcus was doing it, I kind of described. It. I'm like, it's like yoga. It's beautiful. It's there's like this little kind of music. But what about the meatheads, right? What about that bodybuilding culture where you had oatmeal and egg whites and you would go to the gym and you would grind. How do I combine that with the cool factor that people like about functional fitness, right? Whether it be CrossFit or Orange Theory, anything you talk about. And I was like, I think we need to get a little bit of humor and a little bit of grit. And I don't want to say like masculinity, but at the time we didn't care at all. We're like, we're going to go, you know, full adult male, like jokes and puns. And I was running the Instagram. And I would do these jokes and I would pull it off of like 
old rest WWE wrestling sites and people were going nuts with that. Oh, yeah. branding. I mean, you guys had the font, like even that jagged, like seventies. Yeah. Rock band, so that was Def Leppard. Oh God. I'm reminiscing now because Dave called, he sent me an email. I sent him back an email within five minutes. It took him three more weeks to respond. I said, Dave, you and I need to be partners. Cause he asked me, I said, I don't really have any skills at all except to get stuff done. And he loved that. And he talks about that in that podcast with Khalifa, but I think I put up like 2,500 bucks and he probably put up a little more, you know, I went out to his house. We, I'm, I'm kind of fast forwarded through some, but to long story short, I mean, we, we made that money back in the first 30 minutes. Oh, I yeah. mean, the second we launched our site, but he, he would say these ideas to me and then I would digest them and print out. He's like, I want Miami vice fucking Def leopard old school wrestling. And I'd be like, okay, so let me get this straight. Like, how does this look? Right. I'd send it to a designer and I'd be like, here's the album I'm looking at. Here's the, the colors I'm looking at through Miami vice. Here's the, the, the attitude we're going to have, send them a thing of, you know, Eddie Guerrero and freaking Hulk yep. Hogan. Yeah. And they would, they would send me six different things. I'm like, that's the one right there. Combine this with that. And then I would present it to Dave and he would just be like, yes. Like my dream is now coming true because he could articulate it and, and I would go get it done. You guys literally, I mean, I remember seeing this is like 2018 you had like, I don't know, like a 60 day get huge program. Like that was the 90, name of it. Get 90, he, 90 yep. I'm sorry. 90 days. Okay. Preposterous of me to think you could get huge in 60 days. Stuart, you fucking no, absolutely idiot. Not. 90 <laughs> is the minimum to get huge. But that was, I was like, I'm like, that's all it's called. And you know what? Do you know how in the best marketing, right? So like, that's my, like, I, I love branding and marketing. The best marketing is the one that your current prospective customers already use, right? So like, you remember like when Uber, like people were like, what is Uber? And you, someone would explain it to you one time, like, oh, I get it. But that was a word everyone had been using. Oh, that's Uber. Well, this is horrible. I'm going to get yelled at for this. Dude, that's Uber gay. All right. Like whatever. Dude, that's Uber lame. Dude, that's Uber whatever. Mm -hmm. Like people just put Uber in front of fucking in, in nouns right? Or adjectives. And that was a thing. And so like the best naming conventions, I get that phone call every, you know, every other week, Stu, what should I name my new gym? I'm deaffiliating. What should I name a new class? And it's like, you want to find naming conventions that are already in existence and your customers are already used on a regular basis. And those are the ones that are like unsuspecting, like nobody's looking for those. Everyone's trying to come up with a cool fucking name, but no, there's so much good shit available already that clients are using how when you guys who came up with actually the name thunder bro uh that was dave okay that was dave we were kind of he was he's like i just want to like bring thunder back to this and then i i pretty sure he was the one but i mean it was super early i might have had something to do with it but i think that was 100 him it's you know it, i thought it was always just it's one of those uh <laughs> it's so like, like, well, I don't know, maybe it's a dumb and dumb, but like, dude, this is so stupid. It might work. Like one of those things is like, Oh, it gets is worse than dude, the mistakes we made. So it's spelled, if you look at it, it's spelled differently because I had to self, this is one thing I hope people can get from this too. I, I have no, when I say I had no skills, dude, I barely, I mean, I'm on Apple iPod pod headphones right now. I had to teach myself Shopify. There, <laughs> the amount of YouTubing I had to do to figure out the amount of times I talked to like, you know, all of Canada, because that's who answers when you call Shopify of like, <laughs> hey, fix, I don't know what to do. I've done this thing. I all self-taught. But anyway, our site was, I think we were at Thund T-H-U-N-D-E-R-B-R-O. 
our site got removed because they thought that we were selling anabolic steroids. They basically oh. came back at us and they're like, and we're, and we're like, no, we're selling, we're trying to sell testosterone increasing coffee and workout programs. And they're like, oh, well, technically, since you've already been flagged, you can no longer have that domain. They were like, yeah. but you can spell it differently. So we we're like, all right. Let's take the vowel. Thun, yep. Thun DR, bro. Because it was yeah. kind of like how like Dr. Love and all that, like Thun yeah. DR, bro. Yep. Done. No, I listen, man. I I'm all about taking the vowels out of shit to get past and, and claim your own, get, get some IP. Um, fuck Flickr did it. I don't know if you ever want to, yeah. that's aging myself by saying the word the company Flickr, but, um, you're going to talk about the box next. Remember the yeah, box? Play yes. all the music videos. Yep. So, okay. So Thunderbro, you guys, um, you guys step into this online space pre COVID before everybody kind of jumped in on there. You guys have a lot of success with it. Talk to me just in real talk you and Dave seem to be having a, you know, have a good relationship, that kind of scenario. Why? Because partner, the partnerships can literally be that partnerships or they could be like partnerships. And I generally yeah. look at a partnership and there's three reasons to partner with somebody. Uh, they have the cash that you don't, they have a strategic partnership with somewhere that's going to help you out. Like when you see people who have a product and they partner up with fucking the, uh, what's his name? Uh, for the Mount Davis, uh, Dallas Mavericks, um, fucking, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, what was it? Cuban. Yeah, Mark Cuban. Yeah. And they want to get that in the hands of everyone there. Or you have somebody who has a skill set that you don't possess. What was it for you and Dave? Why did you partner? And then number two, why did you not partner anymore? Boy, that's good. I think the reason that me and Dave partnered was that I would, like I said, I was the one to get it done. I was the one to do negotiating. I really like negotiating. Um, you know, we, we got some products into Rogue before we, anytime it, we were maybe doing a new deal with someone at the Arnold, like I was the one negotiating and I needed, needed to keep his brain on creative freedom. A lot of times when people meet me, they would be like, oh, you're head alpha, all this stuff. I was Dave's number two. And I think people fail because they think that they need to be a number one all the time. And they don't realize how successful they could be at a number two. So I stepped into that role totally fine. I don't care anything about Instagram or getting Instagram followers. I cared about having a successful business and making money and putting out a good product. So I think that my skill set of getting that stuff done allowed him to have his creative freedom. Like when we were at our, when we had our booth at the Arnold, like <laughs> we were selling stuff there and he'd be like, uh, Andrew, come sell this stuff. And I would sell it. And then I talked to him. He'd be like, dude, I'm so glad you're here. Like I, I hate the whole swiping the card on the phone I, I i really don't know like you just get it done i'm like yeah man just relax like be you because that's what we need to grow our business just be yourself why so, i exited oh go ahead you know you could go you keep going um it got to the point where the business was so big that we needed to treat it super serious and that was either going to be i pick up my family get rid of my gym and probably quit the staff job and move to Boulder or like, we couldn't keep doing this. I'm on, I'm on the zoom every day. And I mean, I was a little under half owner of the company and he was the one we were in the car. I think we just left some bodybuilding gym. We're just chilling. And he's like, dude, I like, I I'm thinking a buyout might not be that bad. And I originally, I wasn't mad. But I was like, what dude, this is art. And then I, I thought about it and I'm like, yeah, I mean, you're, you're kind of right. So every program is always going to have its peaks and its valleys. And I feel like we were at one of our peaks 
So I'm like, okay, well, it might not be the worst time. Well, and you know, what's interesting. I, you know, I'm sure a lot of people wonder this too. Um, Dave obviously has the fucking look he looks like he could be in the WWE, right? He just is a caricature oh, yeah. of that. He, I mean, he looks like a thunder bro. Like he generally looks at like, you're a jack dude too, but like Dave is a fucking like, right. he just, he looks like a, if your refrigerator had arms and, a, and blonde hair. And um, <laughs> so let me ask you this, how much of the success of Thunder Bro? Cause even like all the online, I've talked to Miranda about this at street parking and Marcus, the program, just like any gym's program is not, it's not what sells, right? It's, it's just a program. We right. started this without a program. I told Dave, I'm like, no companies are doing this right now of an ebook. I said, we can dominate the ebook industry because it's a one time. It's a set it and forget it. We'll work really hard on what it looks like, all the pictures. And dude, we had some funny pictures in there. We worked, you know, we spelled words wrong originally and people loved that because they were just like, I mean, it added to the brand. Yeah, about. it's dumb. It, it, yeah. it added to the brand. Now we ended up getting it fixed later, second edition, but. I said, if we do that, we're just going to literally watch the phone and watch the sales. And no one was attacking that. Yeah. And that's what we did originally. But then the program, it was kind of like low hanging fruit. I mean, we started a program. I think when I left, we had a little over 2000 members compares nothing to street parking, obviously, but it's still, that's still a lot, but we built the brand up first before doing that. So, and that's a couple of things I think people from the online world, you know, the gyms that are watching you guys, especially during COVID and they're thinking, well, I have a special program I want to take online or whatever it may be. They're coming from a subscription-based membership. Um, yourself, uh, I know Fisher does, you know, Ryan does it kind of like this. I know Marcus, like, but the ebook thing has become more popular. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Is it better to do like kind of what street parking does have just a daily workout? It pops out. You get to be part of a community. Everyone comments under the workout of the day and they're all kind of going through this journey day by day, workout by workout. Or do you still feel like the ebook thing? Okay, guys, I'm dropping one ebook. And if you, you buy it on day one, cool. You buy it on day 322. Cool. Whatever. Like which model do you like, or do you think it's gotta be a bit of a hybrid? Do you think the daily workout drop and everybody, you know, doing crossfit.com comment sections back in the day, right? Like the yep. workout would drop and, and that was community happened. Which, which model do you think works best? Or do you have to do a little bit of both? I think to each his own, right? I like the model of do it once really well, and then just keep selling it. But also I could see that you know, you're going to have a time where you have a ton of sales. You might, you know, like I said, peaks and valleys, but I think you need to do a little bit of both. But my preference was that uh, work on something really hard once, maybe even selling a course, right? And I know a lot of people are doing that right now. Like I'm sure, hell, you sell what, Microgym University? Yeah. Like I, I'm sure when all of a sudden you get a ding on your phone or however you know that somebody bought that, you're like, sick. Not only am I going to help someone, but I just made money on something, whether they bought it at three, AM when I was asleep. And I, that's very attractive to me as like a, a passive income kind of business owner. But if you want to compete with the big dogs of like a Miranda and a Julian who are putting out amazing community content, be you my their guess. Fucking off, have you seen their office skits? Oh my, okay. So you said it first. I was telling my wife loves, I actually, I think she, she has a membership or the yearly membership of street parking, but, um, I don't know if Miranda still remembers me. I used to work on staff. We did a couple of things like at the summits, I was in her groups or whatnot, but like, I thought, I said, Jen, is this the office? Like, is, <laughs> is, is this, does this remind you of the office? And then all of a sudden I was like, God, that's awesome. Like that's yeah. so perfect. So cool. She's absolutely 
absolutely killing me, killing it with it. I, I literally was just texting with her before this podcast. I was like, who is writing your scripts? Like who is ever job? And I mean, essentially um, it's, it's a full, it's a team, they have pretty much an extension of a full-time video production TV show, essentially mm-hmm. these kind of weekly or bi-weekly kind of outputs with these episodes. Um, and it, that's the interesting thing is like everyone, I don't care if you're online street parking or thunder or a CrossFit gym, you have to look at yourself as a media company. And I hate taking like those Gary V like phrases, like kind of scenario, because I feel like they've been overutilized, mm-hmm. but that's truly it. Creating content that is entertaining and educational is the only way anyone gives a fuck about you. I look at Dave Lipson and what you guys created and what you did is you stopped the thumb scroll and you were entertaining. You looked different. You were the purple cow, right? There's a mm-hmm. ton of cows in the pasture. You guys were fucking purple with spiky hair and giant biceps. And I was yep. like, that's going to stop a thumb scroll and get people to look at you for someone who's listening to this. And I like myself. Uh, so with urban movement, one of our plays is we've got, you know, this, all this concept around tempo training where it's not just something we sprinkle on the program. Oh, I listen to it. Yeah. From start to, to yeah. From start to finish, the entire program is built around this and we're going to release an online version. Cause we get hit up all the time. Like there's not an urban here and I sure as fuck know there's not gonna be a license in some of these areas for a while. So I'm like, all right, well, fuck it. Let's go ahead and create this. And worst case scenario, we're sitting on a bunch of good content at the end of the day, but I'm like, that's, but someone has to champion that Marcus can champion his thing. Miranda obviously can champion hers. You and Dave can champion someone's listening to this and they want to start it. How important do you think it is for them to be a champion of it? Meaning they look the part they're already known for the part. I think people lack of niching, right? I think people consider niching like, okay, well, you know, Marcus has the functional bodybuilding. So did we just with different branding and marketing. Right. And so our niche was a little different. We were going after, we had a lot of bodybuilders. I've met, I've met some of the world famous bodybuilders, biggest names ever. We ran our camps with Stan Efferding. Do you know Stan Efferding? Does that sound familiar to you? No. Oh, the white rhino man. He was on Shark King. Great guy. One of the smartest guys I've ever met. And you know what? All these bodybuilders, like I'm talking IPF or IFBB pros, they would literally come and be like, dude, CrossFit's pretty cool. We've just never had someone talk to us about it. And what does every CrossFit person think? They were like, oh, they probably think we're pussies and yada, yada. But I think people lack of niching because they think somebody's already in the space. And so then they're like, all right, well, I got to compete with that person. It's like, no, dude, no. Like how many, how many mamas can go out there right now and put out some sort of uh, like pregnancy or postpartum thing and appeal to different people. As long as you're putting out good content, that's authentic to the avatar or character you're going for. You're going to do great. I mean, kettlebell sport. Okay. Real quick. I know I don't want to bring up the kettlebell again. What's your long I wanted cycle to break record? This. Oh, okay. You, you actually know. Um, I didn't do that. I have the American record in the snatch. Oh, okay. So yep. For my weight class. So I said it during quarantine. I met with a coach. Um, he's local in the area. He's the CEO of the IKFF. And I, so I got in the kettlebell world. There's, th- there's three more niches in the kettlebell world. You can be a kettlebell sport nerd. If you're going to do that, you're going to be obsessed with weird math. You're going to watch Russian videos. You're going to like go over all of these small little intricacies of like twisting your hand and yada, 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 breathing. You can be a, um, Paval top no not Paval yeah I think it is or the strong first kettlebell club where they swing a bell aggressively and they breathe out and they go and they listen to like rock and rap music 
and they're kind of like grungy and they definitely don't use comp like kettlebells and they all have tattoos like that type of niche yeah yeah you can be the super hipster kettlebell flow person where yeah. somehow kettlebells are are like a primal soldier and you're doing dances with them there's three niches inside of the damn yeah kettlebell. with like so daisies and flowers that say peace yeah. and kate on your I'm bells like, yeah it just blew my mind then people are like well that market's saturated that market's saturated dude no the fuck it's not every market is wide open if you are authentic and speaking to that character it's it's interesting. So I I I look at it like this. And you just to piggyback off all the the things you were saying about niching and people looking at the wrong way. It's a giant pizza, and there's a bunch of people who want a slice of pizza. Now you have to cut off a sliver, just a sliver enough. But I think what people do is they think of that sliver and they think of it like, oh, it's that sliver is only a sliver. That sliver can feed a lot of fucking people. And all yeah. the niche is like, you're right. Like, are you do, like, so let's take functional bodybuilding as a genre. And Marcus has the, you know, the best SEO name. You guys have this very radical name that attracts a certain type of person. Someone else, you know, Ryan Fisher is uh, interval weight building, whatever the fuck he calls his version. Like everyone's got a different version of essentially the same thing, but they all have different brands and niches yes. and feels to them, but it's all the same, just like pizza, Papa John's Domino's brick fired oven, deep dish, Chicago. It's all the fucking same. Remember the ingredients don't change kids. The fucking recipes do the recipes are what make it special, but it's all composed of the same thing, but it's how you fucking present it. It's the delivery. It's the, the final presentation of it. And that's what I, I looked at Thunder Bro. I was like, people like, Oh, well, Dave Lipson was dating Camille and millions of followers but I'm like dude can stop taking away from people's amazing accomplishments because they had popularity for a thing prior like that like you do realize that they didn't just wake up with all those people following them they worked really really hard at a thing and got really really good at it and then they then ascended their business or what they're known for to another area and does that thing feed off the benefit of already being really well known from all your really hard work? Uh, yeah, obviously. Duh. Just like if, if I go start another business, do I get to, do I get like, Oh, well he had money from his other business. So that this next business doesn't count. Like, no, that's how it fucking works. <laughs> his next business doesn't count. And you do like, here's an example with you with, with urban from what I've seen. You actually have a lot of science in the programming. You do. Guess what? The people that, you're appealing to don't give a fuck no they don't care at all you want to know what they care about what the best ipa is what's going on in north carolina yep like you know that so you don't really even need to waste time to be like well this is going to cause so much metabolic stress in your system because <laughs> yeah. you're holding the isometric one you got like poindexter pointing up your your glasses but guess what somebody somebody could i guess do that with what you're doing and maybe even appeal to a different audience yeah um what's that one opex i mean yeah i trained opex i when i was a regional guy and i remember like, man these guys are deep into the science like yeah everything everything can speak is long i love that pie reference you're so right i can feed a lot of people it can feed a ton i uh i'm curious so when you were on seminar staff did you ever hear Still a story okay so okay right uh did you ever did, did you ever tour the east coast like by my side of town oh um Wait, East Coast. You're like, talking, you know, Charlotte, North Carolina, Georgia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm good friends with Steve Pinkerton. Okay. Very good friends with Steve because he's a Michigan guy. Um, when I was on staff in 2013, so I've, I, I literally tell people I've been in CrossFit my whole adult life, but 
there wasn't as many staff. So I would always be going out to North Carolina. We would go to Steve's place. We would go to Brian Straw, yeah, Char- think- uh, CrossFit Charlotte with Hendel. CrossFit Charlotte, yep, with Hendel. And then <laughs> I missed the one you were at, but I heard the one time like you didn't have rings or something. Oh, that's that's what I wanted yeah. to bring up. For, first yep. off, I want to have two stories. So, okay. and I don't mind doing this. Andy, I don't think he'd get mad at me. So back in the day, for everyone listening, everyone wanted a little CrossFit uh, tea to get spilled. So back in the day, CrossFit gym owners, we would, we would have like, we got like $2,000, I think, compensation for hosting a level one certification for the weekend and shutting down our classes, or you got five spots. And Andy Hendel was selling his five spots every time. And the dude got busted. And so he got black, but he was doing it for like two and a half years. And he, so he gets blackballed. So I had, I owned that, I didn't know, I was leasing that really big building. And I'm like, I was, I could never wonder why nobody would give me a, 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 let me host. I'm like, my gym's bigger than everybody's. There's nobody with a bigger gym than mine and a dedicated building with this much parking. Like Brian Strump was the only person who could possibly compare it. He's, he's in the burbs. So I'm kind of going back and forth with Brian because he's hosted them. And I'm like, man, I really want to. He's like, yeah, I don't know. You just got to wait your turn. Well, the thing with Andy happens and Dave Castro walks into my gym and a random drop. And he was going to see Donnie Forbes to go get drinks or something in Charlotte and dinner. He walks in my gym one night and then bada bing, bada boom, I'm hosting certs. We do that for two years. I really enjoyed it. I got to meet Ackerman and a couple of people. And I really always enjoyed being a part of the community to that degree. And then when we moved to urban and I'm changing things around and I got rid of the move it, getting rid of the rig. I remember the one day they came in and I didn't have full length barbells. Oh dude, they were so pissed. They're like, yeah, what, what's going on here in the, in the letter, it says you have to have these bar. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I just had these little ones now. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, anyway, Yeah. No, which speaks right now. I'm uh, like right now. I can see back then, probably when that happened. But honestly, right now, like sure, yeah, you should. You definitely need to have the equipment. They say, but <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, that bar still weighs twenty five. You can yeah. make it weigh sixty five. You can make it weigh ninety five. Yeah. So. It was, you know what it was? It was, I've got 30 foot fucking ra- ceilings and I've got these 16 foot rafters and we have all the rings hanging from them. And so I had like, whatever, 24 pairs of rings hanging. And then I had a bunch of them for the, you know, for you guys, when you do your muscle up transitions on the, on the mm-hmm. rig. And I had plenty over there too. I think I had like 16 pairs or something. And then somehow, I don't know, somebody thought it was a good idea to take down all the fucking rings from the ceilings. And they're easy to take down. You could stand on a 30-inch box, pull it to you, unclip it, and then take it to the rig. But to put them back up, you need a fucking ladder or a stair lift to get up to the fucking rafters. So I was just like, you guys were leaving, not you specifically, but I was like, whoa, 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 where the fuck do you guys think you're going? And Joe, Joe, he's he's in Detroit as well. The game. Joe DeGaine was there. Really nice guy. And he's like, what's wrong? I was like, Joe. Number one, I'm a scared little bitch. I'm afraid of heights. I do not want to. I'm not going up there and hanging up those fucking rings. And number two, like, come on. Like, I don't mind you guys leaving the place a fucking mess. I'll clean it up. I'm the host. I don't care. But do not fucking leave here without putting those up. And one of the girls on staff was pregnant, and me and her got into it big time. And uh, then I got an email, uh, a very <laughs> a very strongly worded email thereafter. We never hosted a seminar. Um, but, yeah, it was, it, it, was a, it was a funny moment. But you know what the cool thing is, and I think if you guys don't get enough credit – um, I think it's incredible. Like maybe this is how they select you guys to do seminar stuff and do these, these certs. There are some difficult fucking people in these things. 
some very difficult humans, not from a movement perspective, from a personality expense. I would watch guys come in and sit in the back of those seminars. And I swear to God, they just paid the money to pick arguments. Like they weren't fans of the, of the methodology and they would just fucking pick arguments with Austin Maliolo and want to challenge him on, you know, fucking, well, why don't you talk about lactate as one of the four energy pathways? Like they were mm-hmm. just wanting there to fucking argue. And I just always thought that you guys always did a good job doing what I don't do well, which is biting your tongue and being actually really fucking polite, even when somebody doesn't deserve it. Yeah. I mean, we go through the ringer. Like we, I mean, to, to get on staff, it was absolutely a, a, a challenging interview process, but the amount of, the amount of feedback that you get on every single word you say when you're delivering a lecture or how you answered a question or your interactions, they aren't afraid to go tell you, you need to change your face right now. It looks bad. You answered that question and you thought you knew more than you didn't. Here's what's wrong with what you said. I mean, we are not afraid to give each other feedback. And I think just over the years you develop thick skin, but also, you know, you start to learn personalities, right? Like I can break people down with my eyes and figure out what type of answer they want to hear. Some people want to argue. That guy in the back you're talking about, like, all right, so your question was yada, yada. Here's the answer I'm going to give you. Do you like the answer I just gave you? Or do you want to come back at me in front of 60 people? And they'd normally be like, I don't really want to go with this guy. I don't think I, I don't think I really liked my question that much. (laughs) It's, uh, it's really impressive. I I do. I, you know, um, I still tell everybody, I think what you guys do is the best certification educational product out there um for at that level then then we should get on rogan because the last (laughs) uh representation and like i didn't listen to your thing on on my take on it i did listen i didn't listen to i need to before i have more education obviously for what you said but this is this is good though go give me i mean obviously you're not happy with the way that frazier portrayed that well but it's not his job Right. It's not his job. And I don't know if you said that, but it's not his job to portray. He doesn't know anything about the step. Now you get Rich Froning on there. That's a completely different um, seminar. Right. He I mean, he respects he was part of the staff. He respects so much the two day course. And yeah, like you said, people are like, oh, it takes two days to be a CrossFit trainer. I'm like, dude, I'm an ace. I'm all these things. This is those were terrible, terrible. You can go online and take a test. We actually at least make you listen. If you don't want to implement these things, like we said, and you want to move like a monkey fucking a football, go ahead. But at least you had to say that you heard it and you have to prove that you can be here on time and participate in all the workouts. There's not a lot of other things doing that. So no. I don't know. I just didn't like the vibe on that. You know what? I, regarding the Rogan thing is, and my take on it was this, is that here's the deal. I understand that that was CrossFit's moment because Joe Rogan, if you're a fan of Joe Rogan, and I've only listened to maybe less than 10 of his podcasts, they're all generally comedian-based or Elon Musk, but um, he's not a fan. Like, you could just put in Rogan CrossFit, and you can find the clips where he's heard about it. He's unfamiliar with it. And Rogan doesn't do any research on his guest yeah. for the most part. I, so right? that's why I don't, I don't agree with you there. I, I don't think he's not a fan. I just think he has no education. He's Correct. He's ignorant. He's layup. just ignorant to it. Yeah. <laughs> he's I think he would layup be. questions to Matt. Yeah. Like, yeah. Matt Frazier didn't even stand up for himself. Um, Rogan went on a, a tangent on what's the guy who runs and hunts runs and hunts. Yeah, oh uh, yeah. 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 I know he does a marathon okay. a day. Yeah. Marathon a day. And, and Frazier's like, uh, that's cool, man. That's hard. Like, I don't know whatever he said in there. And I'm like, dude, Matt, that's your time to be like, Hey, guess what? 
Ain't he, harder, hard, ain't, ain't harder than what I do, man. Well, I, so he, I, I he tr- there was a fitness. moment he tried. He goes, man, I wonder yeah. if that guy's ever tried doing anything <laughs> other than just running. But you also got to imagine, I don't. Matt Frazier is a big deal to the CrossFit world. He is a nobody everywhere Absolutely. else. He would never be recognized if you took him a thousand places, right now. Right. He, I mean, like, uh, you know, uh, from what I heard, he was, I mean, he's probably very, very fucking nervous being on that show. I mean, he took off oh, his absolutely. sweatshirt halfway through and he was soaking wet in that white t-shirt, like that white Nike shirt that dude was sweating through his fucking pits, like, right. Which I, anybody would be being on Joe Rogan. That is the most monumental platform you could possibly be on in this in 2021. So I get the gym owners that are affiliates unhappy. No, you know with- who wouldn't be nervous being on Rogan? Glassman or but, Castro or someone like that who just is yes. very outspoken and will go. Yes. I, I would have, lo- I would literally, I would, if there was like a fund, I would put money into a fund to have Glassman on it. That would be incredible, incredible. Um, but I, you know what? I get it. I don't think he was the champion for that show that most people wanted, especially in the affiliate world, but he's just also ignorant to, right. to that world as well. Yeah, totally. I mean, you could have used like we talk about in the uh, what is fitness lecture when we talk about the hopper model and he could have Matt could have very easily said like oh so you're you're running guy like if the workouts were randomly pulled out any workout you can imagine that's measurable observable and repeatable he would probably finish well in the marathon what happens when that that 500 pound deadlift came what happens when you combine running with a sandbag and deadlifts and backflips like whatever it is where does he fall there and sure. crossfit tries to speak to we want to have no weaknesses matter of fact you you fail at the margin of your experience right so we want to make sure variance is so much brought in but i don't ex- i don't expect him to say that right i would say that it's different you know what would have been incredible if if, if frazier could have had the force i don't know i would have had but if he would have gone and ran um, like you know whatever had a full documentation so it's legit and then went and ran a marathon like two days in a row had his times <laughs> and then right. just asked rogan hey do you know what what does he do on average those times and he'd say yeah. whatever and he'd be you know frazier would be minutes off you know, right. like he, like the margin of error of his failure would be minuscule compared to the margin of error that this guy would have on pull-ups or barbell work or anything anaerobic. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I think you're right there. I, I, even me, as people think I'm a dissenter from CrossFit, even they don't know how much love I truly have for it. I just, I like to put the flash, shine the flashlight in the shit and make people think twice about some stuff. But I truly wish there would have been a different represent representative on there. Cause I don't know when CrossFit's going to get that chance again to be on right. a platform. I totally like agree with you. I totally agree with you. Yeah. It's tough, man. You ever hear Rogan interview guys? He's not really like, if that would have been Bill Burr, that would have been a four hour podcast, right? right. If that would have been Tim. Rogan Bill, seemed like, a little bored. Yeah. He a little I, bored. And then he's like, eh. Yeah. It, it, the word you can tell with Rogan, if he, when he gets excited, he'll talk about MMA. And then if what you would like, <laughs> your topic isn't entertaining. He goes back to like his thing, his shtick, his running, his whatever. I would have um, started that by saying, Joe, I've done jujitsu i should be going back here very soon i got the most hurt i've ever done in a jujitsu gym there are good jujitsu gyms there are bad ones like there's good crossfit gyms there's bad ones so let's let's just open with that right yeah yeah um, you know, in, in wrapping of this whole thing, I, I would just say, again, this, these kind of podcasts for me are the most fun. There's like shooting the shit. I I'm really curious for you now. Um, you mentioned your lease is up in your location. Um, you've obviously, you've found success creating an online program. 
if another Dave Lipson came to you, someone's like, Hey, oh, I got don't, don't tempt me with that, man. Yeah. Like, but if another guy was like, Hey, listen, you obviously know how to make the machine run. I know how to, I know how to be me on Instagram, right? I know how to look the way I look. And I do that. I need someone to be the, the CFO, the C or the mm -hmm. CEO essentially behind this brand. Is that something you would do again? If someone's like, I'm the guy, I just need the business guy behind me who's done this once before. And then listen, let's make it, let's do it ahead of time. You tell me, we launch it. You tell me what you want your exit number to be. We can rock and roll. Is that something you would do? You know, it probably is, Stu, and I hate myself for saying that. It, um, <laughs> Why? I, I You're good like, at it. Why? I, I know, but I've, I've reached that point of peace in my life where I was like, hey, I, you know, I got some investments. I, I'm doing okay. I don't have a lot of expenses. I'm living very good and, and, and I'm, I get to spend the most time. And then all of a sudden I am back kind of hungry, looking for something small. And it's like, ah, yeah. So you're probably right. I, I may. I think you should. I, I would hundred percent. If I were you, you know who you want to know a niche consulting on fitness again, not, not zero to 100, but I'm talking like 50 to 100 people who are already fitness people with a moderate following or a semi-large micro following and teach and like getting them set up with a business behind selling their online programming. This is what you need to do. Set up your Shopify, set your margins like this. Blah. Like there is plenty of room for someone to pay you three to $400 an hour in consulting fees to learn how to do that. And yeah, you're so right. And so, I mean, like, but cause that's a niche. Like if I went on there and I started searching consultants, people who could help me do that one thing. And I'm not talking about the fuck face marketing gurus helping gym owners get 60 leads by lunch, but like actually help me launch an online programming business. I'm telling you 1000 fucking percent. You got, you got thunder bro on your resume already. Uh, that would like that, that it like literally we were when I was getting ready to hit record on this, I was like, man, this guy could fucking kill it in consulting right now. Um, yeah. but, uh, Yeah. I don't know. I didn't mean to start any fires. You're gonna I'm afraid Jen's going to reach out. Like, are you the fuck no. you told Andrew to fucking do this? He's been no, up for four dude, days. Dude. Hey, you don't even want to know. I mean, I, I, I'm going to quote you and I know we're wrapping this up, but you said, uh, I think one time I heard you say everyone who's had a shower has had a good idea. Dude, yeah. The amount of ideas that I have that are bangers of great ideas <laughs> is haunting. It's literally haunting. And I write them all down. I make sure they're all there, but it hurts. And I really want a product. I really want to get a product out there and I want to sell that product. Um, not a, a physical product. I have a lot of those kind of in the works, but a license deal sounds amazing to me too, to just get something into a big fitness supplier or we, you know, we so missed the boat on that. You see what Orlando just did, right? I mean, for all the old school kids out there, Rob Orlando was the strong man. He was the, the strong oh, guy yeah. in CrossFit back in the day, but um, he just did, it's a barbell, brush brush but it's concave yep. like it, it's how a brush yep. for a barbell should be i was like well that's an idea all of us had seven thousand times already but he actually executed on it like fucking yep. genius yep like, totally is that what you're talking about like that kind of a product yes i want to finish i want to either whether it's you know kind of starting with rogue like i said i have some relationships with rogue but i just want that like the dream is to i actually started a clubhouse called shark tank fitness or business of fitness shark tank sort of deal that was when clubhouse came out and i remember telling people like if you give me a good idea i swear to god i will contact you and i will invest like if you can but if i can poke holes in it right now i'm not going to because i already have good ideas that i'm not capitalizing on or if you yeah. want to maybe help me with an idea um, on how to bring this to life or bring this to market i mean 
there, there's so many. I, I just saw here. Someone can take this. Here's a free one. I don't know. It could be stupid. You know, those like folding chairs that you probably get marketed them from Amazon. They start as like a small circle and then you open it up. Yeah. Oh, I've got two of them. I okay. got, um, yeah, I've got two. They folk, they completely condense down. Yeah. And then they completely go up. And then on the example of how tough they are, someone jumped on it. And I was like, oh shit. You could do that with a box. Yeah, we do yeah, not yeah. need to. We we do not need to waste all that room right now. Boom! I could have four, I could have forty boxes that are literally, I don't know what. Yeah, a couple square feet. It's, I could travel with that in my forerunner. We're not. If you got the time, we're not ending this podcast yet. This is too like this is. I I'm so. I believe in the revolution that is coming to the equipment industry. It's insane. Like I'm 24 by 20 by 30 inch boxes, my model that doesn't exist, right? I had custom ones made smaller, but I'll tell you this right now, even that they're still too big. Why don't they condense down? Why aren't they fucking mm -hmm. like, have you seen a Tesla, like LASIK eye surgery, spaceships, fucking Bluetooth? Right. Why the fuck doesn't the technology exist to make our fitness equipment? Fitness equipment is so archaic. I Okay, you've heard my rant about fucking pull-up rigs. Right. I think, again, I truly believe pull-up rigs are just... I think they're going to get, I mean, I think like I'm, I'm talking beyond the slim, you've got, you've seen the slim ones that fold into the wall and that kind yep. of shit. Like, I just think all this stuff is going to get smarter and leaner and not digital screen based techie. I'm talking just like smaller, like most yeah. things get over time. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, you could make bumper plates different. You could, there's so many things that could go on. Um, but yeah, my headphones are going to die. That's why I don't want to make sure. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, dude, it's all good. This is all we good. We'll, part two I day. just friended you on Clubhouse. Let me know. Oh, cool. I'll get on there anytime with you. And we could just jam. God, on. you want to waste some time? Get on Clubhouse. Oh, yeah, Holy yeah. Shit. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Andrew, I, I, man, yeah. listen, if anyone's looking to get in touch with you, they liked what you had to say. They want to talk to you. They're going to hire you as their, as their consultant to launch their version <laughs> of Thunderbro. How can they reach you? Um, I mean, the best thing is Instagram, Andrew Charlesworth1. I don't really check a ton of other social medias, but I mean, you're, if you get on there, you're going to see a normal dude. Uh, so you don't really get to see quote unquote work, but, um, and take your level one or level two. There you go. My dude. I appreciate it, man. It's so good. We finally got a chance to catch up. Thank you. Absolutely, man. And my dream is to get a, uh, as a basketball player, my dream is to get on here again with you on one of your, um, I think I'm wrong, but I doubt it or something like that. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. would be the dream. So watch that, out, I, man. Watch absolutely, out. dude. Absolutely. Watch All out. Right. Thank you. All right, bro. Take